The S&P 500 pushed to fresh record highs over 5,000 overnight, ahead of key US inflation data and comments from Fed officials. And India's inflation rate has decelerated as food price rises are easing. That's coming up in our five things in five minutes. And in our deep dive interview, ANZ strategist Jennifer Kasuma explains why markets are watching the first round of elections in Indonesia so closely. We do think sentiment has been affected by the political uncertainty. And this fluid political dynamics will continue if we do get a runoff in the presidential election into June 26. The S&P 500 is up 0.39% at a new record high of 5,046 as of 4 a.m. Sydney, Melbourne time. Optimism around AI-linked stocks and a 26 billion US dollar shale deal in the United States has supported sentiment ahead of that key US CPI inflation data due later tonight. That CPI reading will allow traders to gauge when the US Federal Reserve will be able to start cutting rates. Comments due later today from two Fed presidents are also being watched closely. The Aussie dollar was trading up 0.21% at 65.36 US cents at 4am Sydney Melbourne time, while the Kiwi was down 0.18% at 61.35 US cents. It was coming off yesterday's highs that followed ANZ researchers' call for the RBNZ to hike twice more in the next couple of months. Number two, one big mover in currencies in the last week has been the yen, which has weakened towards the key 150 yen to the US dollar mark. ANZ's head of FX research, Marja Benzaman, says that Japanese authorities may comment to try and slow its slide, but they seem more interested in limiting volatility this time around rather than intervening to hold it to a specific level. And the Bank of Japan, the BOJ, is also unlikely to help much with early rate hikes. When um, dollar yen tends to move above that 148 mark, we start to hear commentary from Japanese authorities in terms of how they would like to keep the currency stable. We saw some of that late last week. Um, furthermore, with the GDP coming up, the data based on previous quarters, has not really been promising. In fact, it's been contracting. And so depending on what the number comes out at, it really wouldn't be really driving much more conviction on expectations for a sequential series of rate hikes from Bodge. Number three. Marja Bean says tonight's US CPI inflation figures will have to be significantly above or below expectations to move the dial for the US dollar. Markets are looking for inflation in January of just under 3% from a year ago. That would be the first time under that mark in nearly three years. We will possibly need a much more weaker than expected uh, CPI to really shift the dial on FX. In the near term, we consider you know, the dollar to remain range-bound for now. I mean, when we look at rate cut expectations, they have retreated from around 145 basis points in 2024 down to 112 basis points today. So that adjustment's already been done. Number four. Data out overnight showed India's annual inflation rate decelerated in January to 5.1% from 5.7% in December because key prices for food staples like cereals, pulses and spices fell. ANZ economist Diraj Nim says two parts of the data 
were particularly welcome. The first is that core inflation has decelerated further to 3.6%, reinforcing the Reserve Bank's victory over inflation pressures, you know, broadly underlying in the economy. And the second part is in the food price inflation, which is still sort of elevated at 7.8% year on year, but some key items within the food basket, which tend to shape inflation expectations of households, their inflation has been falling from about 6.6% in December to 5.4% in January. So I think overall, this is a very good print from the perspective of the central bank and markets as well. Number five, Diraj says the Reserve Bank of India, which has an inflation target of 4% and last week held its key benchmark rate at 6.5%, will be wanting to see headline inflation move below 4.5% and food price inflation to keep receding as it considers when it could cut rates later this year. We're thinking that the RBI should first start easing the liquidity deficit in the system because that has maintained the call market rates somewhat above the repo rates. Going forward, as more inflation comfort appears in the picture, we think the Reserve Bank of India could ease the liquidity deficit, aligning the call market rate closer to the repo rate. So, Following this liquidity action, we think that by Q3, the RBI should be ready to start cutting the rates. Dirajnim there. Now, on our deep dive interview, ANZ rate strategist Jennifer Kasuma explains what's at stake in Indonesia's elections starting tomorrow. Beginning with who will replace President Jokowi, who's stepping down after 10 years. So there are three candidate pairs running for the president and vice presidential posts. The first is Prabowo Subianto. He's running with President Jokowi's son as his vice presidential candidate. They are currently at the top of polls. The second candidate represents the political party that President Jokowi used to belong to, PDIP. And the third candidate is the current um, governor of uh, Jakarta, Anis Baswedan. So the three candidate pairs have been running quite tightly against each other. Two of them have been promising policy continuity, uh, whereas Anis Baswedan probably is the least uh, known to the international community. So you've, in one of your notes, talked about the risks from uh, events and broken it down into three sources of uncertainty. Could you talk about the first source of uncertainty around whether we have a one-round election or two-round elections? So in the presidential election, in the event that no candidate pair wins at least 50% of the popular votes and have wide distribution of the votes across the 38 provinces, then a second round of presidential election will be held between the two top candidates later on in June. So a simple majority would decide the outcome then. There is growing uncertainty around this three-way presidential race outcome. Earlier polls had helped shape market expectations for a two-round elections. But various opinion polls uh, more recently have suggested a wide range of outcomes, including the possibility of a one-round election. Now, one of the interesting things that's been happening in local news reports through late January and February is some reports of divisions within the the cabinet and the potential for a a couple of the very high-profile and well-known ministers, including the finance minister and the minister for foreign affairs, to leave the cabinet. So could you talk about how that's influencing sentiment in the bond and foreign exchange markets? 
Sentiment in ideal local markets has been weighed down by the uncertainties. While it is difficult to measure political risk premium, there are anecdotal evidence as we see reflected in local markets. For example, the currency has underperformed the DXY index as well as regional and the broader emerging market peers in recent months after a clear outperformance in the earlier months of 2023. Similarly, bond yields have not been able to break lower towards 2023 levels compared to, say, uh, Korea or Thailand, other markets that have been able to do that. Foreign bond portfolio inflows uh, similarly have been flat in the year to date. So we do think sentiment has been affected by the political uncertainty. And this fluid political dynamics will continue if we do get a runoff in the presidential election into June 26. You have an interesting chart with your note, figure three, which talks about the political risk premium in the value of the Indonesian rupiah versus the US dollar, uh, showing the gap that has opened up between the US dollar index and the um, US dollar versus the Indonesian rupiah. Can you give us a sense of how that gap might close after the election is made certain? or whether there's uh, room for that gap to widen still? In our view, there is political risk premium already reflected or priced into the dollar IDR. Jennifer Kasuma there. I'm Bernard Hickey. That was 5 and 5 with ANZ for Tuesday, February the 13th. Catch you tomorrow with a closer look at those key US inflation figures tonight. This podcast contains general information only, not investment advice. You should obtain advice for your personal circumstances before making any investment decisions. Please view the podcast disclaimer available via your media player or email.